know when you're ready. I'm ready, man. Ready? Oh, hold, hold on. Before we do this, go out there and <laughs> wave to the deal. Okay. So that we make sure we get as much time outside. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're good. Okay. okay. Sorry. Now we're good. <laughs> Break. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Funny. I think it'll go like, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm ready. Three, two, one, break. Welcome back to the Undefeated, Unscripted, Defining Moments podcast. Brian Bedford, welcome back. Thanks, brother. The Happy CEO, to be here. Managing Director of Bedford Agency. Yeah. Let's recap our audience about you and the agency. Well, I think, you know, from the last time we met, a lot has happened in the world of college athletics and, and uh, certainly college sports is in a massive amount of transformation right now. Yeah. Um, we've been at this about five years and with a really simple mission of just trying to help kids and families make the college recruiting process easier. And we've had a lot of success doing that. Um, I remember starting this out with really kind of simple intentions, which is no business cards, no plan. I think I went to Vistaprint and just, you know, bought a hundred business cards and started a business. But it was really around how can we uh, transition this? My background is as a Division One, Division Two recruiting director, and we've been on this journey for five years now, trying to like slowly work through the process with a lot of kids that have wanted that kind of high touch way to engage with us. And, yeah. We've got a lot of results now where kids have literally been, they're going to places all over the country, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And now we're at a point now where we feel like, you know, things can, things are changing. I'm, you're yeah. seeing transfer policies change. You're seeing name, image, and likeness. You're seeing COVID, super seniors. All that stuff is really changing. It's a lot to absorb for your parent right yeah. now. So, um, yeah, it's been fun. But the agency is, has grown kind of systematically over the last five years. I always tell people... You know, and I don't mean this like disrespectful to anybody, but actually COVID created a lot of transformation, just a way way that people consume media, consume things. It changed a bunch of different things, the way that people engaged in camps or visits. We went 15 months without kids being able to go see a coach. I mean, just imagine that. So that created a lot of disruption. and, And for our business, I think it needed some disruption and we're hopefully trying to kind of capitalize on that a little bit. Yeah. You you mentioned recruiting expertise. You know, what's your background in the recruiting world? I know that the last time we spoke about it was with, I think I believe it was TCU and then also with the quote-unquote Oklahoma City 89ers at that time. Yeah. But fill us in on that. Sure. Yeah, so it, it's interesting because I kind of feel like now I'm able to kind of go back to doing some of the things that I really started out when I was 21. So to give you kind of the longer story of it, you know, I got my first director of recruiting job when I was 21 years old. Wow. So in May of 1999, um, at the time, President Lauren Gresham at Southern Nazarene University set me and a couple of others down and said, we're going to start a college football program. And I was part of a short list of guys that were asked to kind of lead that. And um, we had to go get a team ready in uh, 15 months to play yeah. their first fall, uh, college football game. So that was back when it was a little passe to get transfers and all these different things. And so we had to go literally sign um, upwards of 300 kids in about three signing classes right Dang. after the game, which you really don't have an opportunity to do that very often. Right. So 
we had our we had a redshirt class that came in. We took some kids at the mid semester. Then we had a normal signing class. Then we had you know retention. We had to think about how we were going to keep them and stack them and stack our classes together and all those kinds of things. And so that kind of you know was the beginnings of my career. Now before that, did work some time in professional baseball. So I've certainly got a baseball background as well. But but having that deep hands-on experience at kind of a small college, I mean, you got to do everything. I mean, yeah. you're a compliance director, you're admissions, you're doing the whole bit. And then I took that expertise and went to TCU and we've seen what they've done in the Big 12 now and so sure. forth. But um, went in the Rose Bowl in, in the mid, uh, you know, 2020 uh, and so forth. Um, and so, um, yeah, so went to TCU and was director of recruiting for a couple seasons there and, and got a lot of infrastructure and systems and process and mm. so forth kind of built that wasn't in place. And then I went into kind of the sports tech field yeah. um, and uh, was part of a couple of comp- you know, a company that was doing video and analysis and, and was building a recruiting and scouting business and actually helped them kind of incubate a recruiting and scouting business, which a lot of programs like Oklahoma and Alabama and so forth use today right. where they get, they actually uh, outsource some of the reporting and early evaluation. So those staffs have, a, you know, have to work within um, a finite set of rules and structure that the mm-hmm. NCA provides but they have they can go outside of those with some third parties and we were building some services to kind of fill that gap so yeah. um that is a lot of recruiting and in the middle of that it was always the friends and family that would call and say little johnny or little susie wants to try to play soccer or volleyball or football or baseball in college and how does right. the process work yeah so i was always kind of getting asked those questions along the way and helped several families that were close personal friends go to college. And then along the way, I was just like, I had a friend of mine that said, you know, you've helped us so much. You should really like make something out of this. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, it was like, well, really? And he's like, yeah, I mean, I know you and I still would have paid you. And I'm like, well, (laughs) thank you for the backhanded compliment. But, you know, do you really think we can do it? And they're like, man, there's just gotta be a better way to do this. So we're trying to capitalize on that and that experience that you're asking about. And then also just being able to watch recruiting change, mm-hmm. right? The influx of social media, the influx of the transfer policy, transfer portal. Now, things like name, image, and likeness and what that's going to do and how that's going to evolve things. Um, so uh, for me, it's a hobby that has now turned into, you know, it started as a profession, moved to a hobby. It's back to a profession, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But it's been, you know, I always think of recruiting as also an element of sales. And so Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of sales in my career. Yeah. So for me, you know, that's now I look back and I'm like, well, I'm not really an old guy, but it's like 25 years in around the recruiting space. So that either gives me some gray hair on my chin or head or less hair, whatever the analogy is. Uh, But but the reality is like there's wisdom now that you can kind of discern from that. So that's a little bit of my background. That's cool. So I, I agree with the wisdom. I don't see any gray hair, so you're doing well there. <laughs> There's a few in there. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you talk about little Johnny and little Susie. I actually did fill some questions from our listeners, our audience, and some friends. And these are a list of questions, but we'll get to those in a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, Hide the questions. Yeah. I have not seen these questions. These are unprompted. Nope. That's right. So I'm, I'm curious, the, the analytics approach is this this world is full of data, full of science, full of analytics, and how 
have you been able to compile that and help these uh, student athletes and parents? Yeah. So when we think about analytics, I think the important distinction is there's kind of two different sides of it, right? And so the first is the way that schools analyze uh, the needs of their programs Mm -hmm. is ever-evolving. So they've very much gotten into predictive analytics. They know injuries. They understand height and weight. They understand measurables. Mm -hmm. They understand lots of things that go into this. Just like an NFL or an NBA team would do it, colleges have gotten much more sophisticated over the last 20 years or so. And so for every family that's like, well, why isn't my you know, 5'10 and 250-pound linemen getting recruited at, you know, Alabama. Well, there's a reason for that because the analytics show that you've got to be a certain, you know, this is what it takes to perform well, to compete at a national level, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't mean that that kid can't play somewhere else. He's just not going to play at Alabama as an example, right? So those teams have gotten much more sophisticated, and that is ever-evolving, too, as they now think about how do they split up their scholarships for kids that are high school kids, junior college kids, transfer kids. So that Mm. mix and how they look at that mix is ever-evolving. On our side, we look at it, you know, a little bit differently in the sense that now we're also then looking at, okay, um, what are the trend lines that we're seeing? So how maybe not the analytics of a specific sport and measurables and things like that, like a yeah. coach would look at it, but we're looking at trends that impact behavior of a recruit. So I'll give you an example. Right now, because of COVID, many schools were allowing kids to come back for an additional year of eligibility. We're also seeing an influx of transfers. So what we're telling our parents is that over the next two recruiting classes, you should expect a high sc- uh, the, the number of available scholarships for a high school recruit to decrease by about 25%. Mm-hmm. Okay, just to hedge a little bit. I mean, everybody sure. should just be eyes wide open that the mixture of how people are building their rosters, it's changing. It's changing mm-hmm. more dramatically right now than it ever has. So we also have data... Um, in different states where we can look at the percentages or probability of a certain player. And those have changed over time, right? Mm -hmm. We're seeing college football, while it's really strong in the South with the SEC, the the other element of you're seeing percentages of probability of players in that geographic target actually increase significantly. See, So like states like Georgia and South Carolina, who... 20 years ago were not perceived as hotbeds in recruiting. Mm-hmm. Now those two states, as an example, they would they would rival a Ohio, Texas, California, and Florida as far wow. as percentages. 20 years ago, that didn't exist. And, and I, again, those are just examples. That's where when we think about what we've done as, kind of as, a, as an advisor, we're really looking at it. So it's, again, my hobby that's now turned into profession. And like, I research this. I look at these kinds of things. Because sure. it then does, it does give you an understanding of what to tell a parent, how to set the right level of expectations. So those have been things that, as we think about kind of packaging up and productizing things, we're always thinking about how do we make sense of all that data that's out there. Yeah. And it's not just... Football. No, it's. I mean, it's. It's a wide variety of sports. I mean, I'll give you a good example right yeah. now. In the 2020-2021 school year, okay, there are uh, 299 baseball programs at the Division One level. Okay, wow. so let's just round it up and say 300 baseball programs in yeah. Division One. 
Would you like to take a guess at how many kids transferred in Division One baseball? Oh, man. I don't know, 60? Not even close. <laughs> More or 2,800? What? Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. Okay. So that tells me a couple of things. One, they're over-signing high school kids or they're over-signing. Mm. So they're taking kids that they're take they're, they're kind of taking a flyer on. If the kid develops, if he gets stronger, if his arm gets more developed, whatever it is, we're going to over-sign sure. by a couple when he probably really shouldn't be one of our guys to begin with. That's what it tells me, the first thing. Okay? Gotcha. Okay? The second thing is that, um, you know, kids and parents didn't do their diligence on the front end about the needs of those programs. Yeah. How many pitchers do they have returning? How many are going into the draft? How many mid-year kids are they taking, or, uh, uh, you know, tr uh, JUCO kids are they taking over? Do they know? Did they ask the questions? Sometimes they may get an answer at a certain time. The dynamics change, right? Yeah. yeah. But those are all implications of you've got to be really smart and eyes wide open. If you look at, mm -hmm. you know, other sports, right, you've got kids that might be playing women's soccer at, at uh, Florida State and they transfer into Alabama. Yeah. You know, and so that then imp that has implications downstream, right? So every yeah. sport does that. Now you see in college basketball, I think the percent I think it's one in three kids have transferred in college basketball. Kids. So it's it's so but it also is a indictment though on a little bit of our society too. Sure. Because you know, gone are the days of, you know, little Johnny plays little league or plays youth and then he gets onto an elite, you know, he goes to high school. Uh -uh. Now you've got the travel ball stuff. You've got the travel soccer. You've yeah. got the travel wrestling. You've got the elite peewee frisbee. You've yeah. got whatever, right? And then it's, oh, well, I want to, I want to play, a, I'm going to, I got a weekend invite to go play in this volleyball tournament, sure. but it's not really my club, but I'm, I can go play just a weekend just, and it's like a test drive, Yeah, you know, and it's all this stuff. So we've kind of created this, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So when we look at like, well, what do you expect a kid to do? Sure. It's like, well, yeah, well, you moved him from a team in peewee because you didn't think he was playing because he wasn't the fastest kid. Yeah. He wasn't getting the ball enough when he was 10 and then you, tr you move teams. Well, what do you think that kid, how do you right. think that kid's behavior is going to be when he's 20? True. So... Um, True. don't get me started on that. That's a whole rat hole of youth <laughs> athletics, but, um, yeah, we've kind of created an epidemic here. And so when people are like, well, I don't like pro sports because I don't know who's on my team anymore. Well, guess what? That's now happening in college because we've created so much freedom that it's, I think it's maybe kind of gotten a little bit overboard, but mm -hmm. genie's out of the bottle, so we got to deal with it now. But um, yeah, 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 it's it's a little messy, that's for sure. It's going to be interesting. You, I think that's a great analogy. Genie's out of the bottle. So what we're going to do? How are you going to help the genie back in a little bit, or how can you change the scope? Or Lisa, my question is: I guess sixty. You said twenty eight hundred out of three hundred NCAA Division One baseball teams. So. All these analytics that you're doing 
Yeah. Is there a type of analytics where it's like maybe a psychoanalytics psychology where it gets into a fringe player, why these players are leaving and et cetera, besides the depth chart of pitching? Yeah, I mean, certainly I think schools are doing that. I mean, yeah. where they're looking at the fit and they're truly trying to do kind of more personality testing and they're really, I mean, a lot of what they're doing, it's like a, it's like an extended job interview in the recruiting process. Sure. You know, they're looking at measurables and fit and, you know, they've got a profile for every position that they're looking at and, and they're trying to kind of fit and they want to spend as much time with kids as they possibly can because um, that eliminates some of that transfer. The other part that, that you know, and I think it'll be really interesting, you know, over the next couple of years uh, is that if you think about the class of kids that are getting ready to go to school as freshmen this fall, Mm-hmm. Those kids, the primary window from when they when they got recruited, they could not step foot on campuses because of coronavirus. Mm. They didn't even meet their coaches in person. Wow. They did all of their recruiting over, you know, a vir- virtual call. Yeah. So if you think that that number is bad now, mm. that number probably increases another 10%. Yeah. Because now you're going to have a whole bunch of kids that are on campus that are like, what? I never, right. this is not what I thought. Yeah. This is not what it looked like on the computer screen. Sure. The other part is, I also think that this year the numbers are interesting because I just think that it was, I mean, 2020, 2021 was tough for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kids that are 18 to 21 are not immune to mental health issues and everything else yeah. that go into that. And so when you're, you know, in Rhode Island playing soccer and, you know, quasi quarantined or wearing a mat or doing any of that stuff, that's hard on anyone, mm-hmm. let alone that age group where, you know, you're dealing with mental maturity and things sure. like that that's going on. Sure. So it'll be interesting to kind of see that. I mean, I think you'll look back and it'll be interesting to see, was this really like a, was this kind of a compelling event in the industry? I don't know what that'll look like. We try to just make sense of the madness kind of real time, mm-hmm. but certainly try to give our kids kind of the opportunity to understand that sometimes, you know, a certain level isn't this, it's about fit. And so, um, you know, uh, you, you need to be focused on fit rather than level. Mm. And cause sometimes those can be, you know, like a kid in, a kid that might be getting recruited as a, a, a low-end Division One soccer or baseball or whatever, and a kid who's getting rec- and that same kid if he's getting recruited at the high end of Division Two, it might be better for him to go to a Division Two school. He might play yeah. more. The roster might be more manageable. You know, so I really am a big believer in let's focus on fit rather than just chasing the, you know, chasing it. But it's hard. I mean, because you know, kids are kids are. We've created a society where they're used to watching certain things on Saturday afternoons on ESPN, and that's that's a hard ship to turn around or or, or adjust. Yeah, uh, it's true. You talked a lot about 2020 and then going into 2021. Personal question: What has 2020 taught you? What have you learned from it? Yeah, I mean, our business grew substantially in 2020. So I look at it and go, be digitally savvy. You can do this. Um, be 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 ready to pivot with your businesses. Um, focus on family. Focus on you know uh, you know quality time there. Um, and then as we get into 2021, I mean you know we're 
getting ready to, um, you know, I mean, we're on the cusp of new products and services, which I think we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yeah. And that's, that's been exciting. And so what we use the opportunity in that time of the last year is really reinvent and think about what could that look like? Mm-hmm. What's that new experience? What are the needs of the market? And not just rest on our laurels and say, hey, we grew by 300% in 2020, right. but how do we grow another three, 400% in the future? Sure. And what's that going to take to do that? Yeah. And so um, we've used it as an opportunity to kind of double down. And I would just say that that's kind of my message to people is like some good old hustle, good old hard work, that undefeated attitude you'd like to talk about. <laughs> like you it. can do some stuff, you know, but you can't just sit back. I mean, you got to get after it. And so yeah. I think that being balanced through that is, is certainly key, but having like, an, you know, an opportunity to really um, push when it's tough. Like mm-hmm. I think that there's something kind of embedded in that. So that's kind of the mentality we I've tried to take is just like, let's push through this. Like we're, yeah. we're, We've gone over one hill. Let's push through and go over another couple of hills as quickly mm-hmm. as we can, because that's when it gets really fun. That's when it yeah. get. That's when we see really like massive scale in the business. Yeah, I remember sending you a, a text over mid last summer, and I was just asking how you're doing through everything, and you said, "Great, man, but I got big things coming, brother." So is this the big thing? Because I, I don't know what your I don't know what the big thing is. Is yeah. I mean, we've been working on. I mean, to to so how we use twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one is really an opportunity to really think about the offering. So you know, mm-hmm. for the first five years, the Bedford Agency had been just, hey, we're going to help kids, and it's just going to be your part of the family. It's just we we do this like advisory service practice, yeah. and yeah, yeah. and and we built kind of a social following and all this kind of stuff that's happened. But we realized that that works for kids and parents that want a really intimate high touch engagement from mm-hmm. us they want our expertise they want to be able to phone a friend they want yeah. a dedicated portal they want an evaluation they want all those kinds of things um but we also realized that the need to educate and empower requires also our ability to think about how we scale this business mm. too and so we're going to continue to do this we're going to rebrand kind of our high touch engagement model to recruit route elite Nice. But we're going to take a uh, a model, which is a true subscription, an annual subscription, and call that Recruit Route. So we've got some swag on the board here, yeah. but but Recruit Route is our is our brand to kind of reach the masses. Okay. So it's a, a lighter touch. It's digitally delivered. It's fo- heavily focused on tools, and we provide that to our other kids as well for Elite. But the but the goal is, can we do more? Um, can we reach more and more kids? We really believe that. There's a massive need for education and empowerment. And so that doesn't need to just be limited to kids who can pay a premium. We need to be able to do some of that to a, mm-hmm. you know, a wider swath of kids. So um, in August of 2021, uh, we've launched um, Recruit Route and Recruit Route Elite and a partner program to go with it. So we'll have partners who will be reselling Recruit Route and be wow. packaging it up with other uh, systems and products and teaching. And that could be a club, that could be a gym owner, that could be yeah. a content company, a media rights holder, that could be a anyone selling a product or service into the youth space where they want to 
bring recruiting into what they're doing mm-hmm. could be a partner. And we already have a bunch of those that have already signed up. So it's exciting. Wow. And that's really cool to kind of think about our brand that way. And then the Bedford Agency will just still be kind of the holding company. And then we envision over the next 12 to 18 months, we probably have a series of four or five products under kind of our product yeah. umbrella. And I'll all kind of have this look and feel of recruit route, um, but we'll take that out to market um, in the coming days, whether it be video, whether it be a product for the transfer portal, whether it be a deeper product into in NIL. Um, and, you know, recruit route and recruit route elite will will position them again as kind of empowerment and um, education fundamentally is kind of the why. Mm-hmm. And then sitting underneath that will be things like expert workshops, content that we'll deliver to them. Um, some tools to communicate, build micro websites, um, uh, a, a digital recruiting checklist, yeah. uh, email communication, and then our content new- news library will include uh, uh, information on recruiting, but also information on name, image, and likeness. So we're trying mm-hmm. to really think about kind of the evolution of recruiting and NIL and how do we help foster this next generation of kids. So yeah. that's certainly exciting. And that's why we've been yeah. kind of using this time. That's why that text last year, I could kind of feel it. It yeah. did take me a little bit of time to kind of package it and work through kind sure. of the messaging and tone and how we want to do it and kind of the model, both economically and partners. But now it's here. Yeah. And it's pretty exciting for yeah. us. I could see this being used, and I coached boys competitive soccer for a long time, so I feel like this is the club, quote-unquote clubs, could reach out to you. Clubs, coaches, booster clubs, school districts, again, rights holders, content company. We have all those people that have reached out or are partners today. So a club could say, hey, you're already paying a fee, an annual fee for club soccer. And a club could just, you know, package a recruit route as part of their deliverable yeah. and go get, you know, 50 or 100 or however many kids are part of their club and just package it there. And then we do it where it's a rev share to where the club can make money or um, or they can not. It just depends on what they want to do. But, yeah, there's lots of different models that are part of it. So, yeah, it's exciting. And, yeah, you're I mean, that is one of the models that we mm-hmm. de- definitely see that's out there. for sure. Yeah, for sure, because it's so competitive out there with all these club traveling yeah, teams. they want to see what can they do that's different than yeah. their competition that's out there. Yeah, you're a really genuine guy. So my question then is, if I had a eighth grader and little Johnny, for instance, wants to go and you know dive dive into a competitive world and wants to go play Division One soccer, and you have these two recruit route recruit route elite, and I just want to kind of test the waters. What, what's your recommendation and why? Yeah, so um, I've so historically, I would I would have told people in the past, um, you know, our kids that that really need a high touch engagement, they need to be older. They need to have like they need to be playing elite level travel ball or varsity um, football as an example, because we don't really have that club kind of version of that. So they need to be playing at a really pretty senior or not senior in age, but a pretty high level high school before they really need kind of that high touch model, which again, yeah. we call recruit route elite. And so that can be, I mean, I always, I, I used, you know, my message in the past was that needs to happen once you've completed um, varsity level or, tr- or really like high level ECNL in soccer, mm. kind of like high mm. level high school or, or in the equivalent. Um, 
But with Recruit Route, we actually see that as an opportunity to potentially kind of bridge that gap to kids that are maybe even a little bit younger than that. Gotcha. So I, I think that uh, our Recruit Route kids will be starting in middle school, I would guess, up into like maybe to their sophomore year. It's kind of where I think it'll fit. Mm-hmm. Kids that kids and parents that they need a little bit of information, they need some coaching, they need to get some structure built in into it. Um, but they're not really ready for a bunch of like advice, high touch workshops and all that kind of stuff. They're not quite ready for that. Uh, but they will be down the mm-hmm. road. So if I look at like the first couple of kids that we've had with recruit route, they've just finished their freshman year. So they're 2024 grads. So yeah. I have multiple soccer kids that have come on board as an example, yeah. just to kind of speak to that. And, you know, Kentucky and Oklahoma and Texas and different kids that are coming on. A lot of those kids are that 2025, 2024 route for recruit route, whereas my elite kids are going to be more 2023 and 2022s. Mm. They're a little bit older. They need a lot more work, which is why there's a little different cost structure to it because they need a little bit more engagement. They want more information back from me. So it doesn't mean that we might not have a recruit route kid that just follows that methodology through because it's a little less, it's less expensive. And if they want to just do everything kind of digitally as far as their engagement, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I actually think that recruit route fits for those kids that are a little younger and then we can get them kind of over to elite. We'll see. We'll see how it works. Yeah. Speaking of, as you're speaking about soccer and SEC and Oklahoma and Florida, Alabama, what are, what does this do? Let's say for Oklahoma because they're they're not a soccer men's soccer don't have a men's soccer program. Yep. But going to the SEC, would do they automatically get a men's soccer team, and does that help recruit? No, I don't think no. that I don't think that any of the conference realignment stuff really affects any oh, okay. schools adding or decreasing Sports. soccer. I mean, flip it around the other way, mm-hmm. which is Oklahoma will be the only school. I think they'll be the only school in the SEC with a wrestling program. Really? So you flip it around. Dang. So it's, it's so it works both ways. So I don't think it impacts okay. schools increasing or decreasing sports, yeah. as an example. I know. I do. Um, but it'll change the footprint of where they go and secure talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always something that you know every sport and every program has a different mixture right mm-hmm. oklahoma football is an example we'll just pick on them since we're talking about conference realignment <laughs> they found good home in um in the mid the mid-atlantic yeah. uh, as exa- as an example you want to hit yeah. the light yeah uh, the light. <laughs> they, they, they've uh, I'll, I'll keep talking yeah, they've yeah. uh they've uh, they've they've had good luck in the mid-atlantic as an example and then uh california and okay. then certainly texas and oklahoma wow. so like every place has a little different kind of mixture of how they do it so yeah Huh. Part of it. That's interesting. I'm, I'm excited to get these questions. Okay. You are women. Mind? Because you talk about name, image, and likeness, and I think that's one of the questions. Okay. How does Neil play part in college and even high school athletics? Yeah, so I think uh, it's TBD on high school. I think um, what I would say for that is um, uh, it's really – uh, keep their priority the priority. The priority is school, your character, your belief system, and um, and sports. Uh, not necessarily in that order, right? But I mean, keep their priority your priority. If you do that, uh, then you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're going to have some opportunities in the future. Mm-hmm. For now, 
focus, keep the priority the priority, which is just be a high school student, be a good person, be a person of faith, bust your yeah. butt in the field, all that kind of, and do good academically. If you do that, then you're going to set yourself up. And then, you know, uh, uh, and then as you get closer to college, yeah. you need to be thinking about what do you stand for? Mm. What's your brand? Mm. You know, are you an undefeated guy? No, I'm just yeah. kidding. But you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, what's your brand, right? Sure. Uh, as sure. an example. And then I think that, um, uh, and then it also, you have to think about what's, you know, if that's, again, I think it's part of the equation moving forward. I don't think it's the part of the equation. In most kids, there are a few outliers to that, but in most situations, you'll be thinking, you know, when you're picking a school, you'll be, you know, you're looking at, academic class size location uh you know playing style strength coach coaching staff mm -hmm. dorms cute boys pretty girls <laughs> you know i mean that's that's like being i mean i'm being real yeah. there yeah. and then i think you're going to think about okay well you know if i consider this program what kinds of tools and processes do they have in place mm -hmm. for entrepreneurship video, social media, a lot of these people are, you know, a lot of these schools are putting in educational and content things to do some of these things. So I think it'll be an element of it um, from what I've seen so far with the kids that we've had that are going through this. I don't think it's the be all end all because at the end of the day, again, you come back to you got to keep the priority, the priority, mm -hmm. you know, and so I think you just got to be grounded in that. If you do that and you've protected yourself and you don't, you're not hasty with anything, then I think you'll be okay. And then I think for the college kids, I would be heavily focused on, uh, I'm going to use a sports analogy, defense rather than offense right now. Defense being protect your intellectual property. Mm. Don't sign anything without having counsel or a legal represent, a legal person reviewing it. Sure. Um, make sure you've put money back for taxes, um, that you've considered implications of receiving money uh, and how that would impact financial aid. So I'd really be heavily focused right now on playing defense. And then you can focus on offense, which is hmm. what do I want to do with my brand? How do I want to represent it? But these guys and, you know, God bless them that are my DMs are open or I'm yeah. going to be, you know, I'm going to tweet this out for 500 bucks. Like you need to really understand the expectations and what that means and, and so forth. Um, the very high end of the market, they're going to be able to do some 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 specific things. But right now, the average name and name image and likeness deal that's been registered is about nine hundred and thirty dollars. So wow. you know, if you did ten of those in a given year, it's ten thousand dollars. It's more than what you got right now. Mm -hmm. So, but you need to be smart about it. Yeah, because then. Can you grow that to thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars? Okay, maybe, but then you're also getting. Let's say let's let's just be let's pretend for a minute and say you're getting twenty or thirty thousand dollars in Pell Grant. Yeah. Did you make so much money that now you implant you you're not getting what you anticipated because you sure. had to register that money with the federal income, and so you just have to be really smart. So again, I would think about high school. Just focus on playing sports. If you're a super high-end kid, that's a whole different animal. But, I mean, that's the 1% of 1%. Then for college, you know, just 
be smart, have a good yeah. defensive strategy first, and then worry about offense. Because yeah. once season starts, you're going to have a hard time managing just your regular load, and let alone remembering that on Sunday afternoons you got to tweet something out for Subway. I mean, that's really going to be hard to do. So I yeah. think you just got to be really practical about it. But there could be some opportunities, yeah. and you've got to be thinking about it, which is why we're trying to set some protocol about how we think through this stuff. Yeah. I'm curious just to see how this all plays out. Of course, this is, I think this is the first year. For, yep. Okay. Just started July 1st. July 1st. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how this plays out in the long term because if I sign, you're, you sign to Subway mm-hmm. and we're paying you X amount of whatever it is and you're tweeting it out and using your social media presence and then you're not performing up to par on your team and you're not winning the quote unquote conference championship yep. which is expected it's like i mean that's got to put some kind of social pressure on you i would imagine yeah or let's say that you you worked with the local all-state rep and then you transfer to a different school in a different yeah. state yeah like there's all sorts of things yeah, that kids are just not even thinking about right, right. Now. so that's why i'm like play defense get your get your kind of infrastructure because now your brand has your brand is a business if you're a good enough athlete yeah. or if you have a big enough social following um so you got to really make sure that you you know, like we tell our kids, like write a business plan, mm. you know, just have a plan, just like you're going to plan for recruiting or competitive sports or your uh, scouting report that on um, the team you're going to play, have a plan. Who do you represent? Are you into hunting? Are you into fishing? Do you like fashion? Do you like the beach? Like what's your brand represent? Man. What are the types of things that you want to be associated with? And if you're not thinking about it, then it's just reactive. You don't want to be in a reactive mode. You want to be thoughtful about what you're doing to do because you could make some really, you know, you could make some really um, naive um, decisions. And I'll Mm. give you an example. I had the number one running back in the country. His dad called me. He's going to go to Clemson next year or this, uh, he's at Clemson just starting as a freshman. And it's like, we, you know, would it be better for him to, you know, take the lease of the Jeep from the local Jeep dealership now, or let's maybe not do that in case in three years he wins the Heisman Trophy and Nissan's still the sponsor. <laughs> That's a and good then, point. And so then he doesn't get to be in the Nissan house or the Heisman house ads with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Mm. So in his butt, he's like, we're going to pass on the lease because we want to bet on the long. So not every kid will be thinking about that way because wow. a lot of kids would be like, Dude, I want to ride the cheap, I want to ride the awesome Jeep right now and be pimping out and that going yeah. down, you know, uh, you know, sorority alley, right? But <laughs> but if you step back and you really think about what are the opportunities, then the other part of it is I think there's going to be some kids that stay in high that stay in college longer. Mm. That really good quarterback in college that isn't a pro quarterback, that kid just may stay and just say, hey. I'm just going to stay at Arkansas for another year because I'm going to make more money here. Yeah. You know, I'm going to build a business. I'm going to build a brand. I'm going to do it in, co- in college. Yeah. I might be a little undersized as a defensive end or a quarterback or whatever it is. I'm just going to stay here in Fayetteville and I'm going to try to, you know, start the milking process earlier, right? Mm-hmm. As far yeah, as trying to monetize true. it. So I think it'll be interesting to see how it works. So it's not just those high school kids. It's all the way through and how you think through that. So. Man. Complicated answer to an easy question. Well, that that's actually a really good answer, and I like how you thought long term on the Jeep one, for instance. Yeah, I would never thought about that. Yeah. Heisman House and Nissan, I forget about that. Yeah, 
That's awesome. That's why you get paid the big bucks. That's why you're smart and you've got these companies. Yeah. I had a question about um, along the lines of recruiting, but I'll, I'll come back to that because this question really intrigues me. What fuels your passion? Well, I mean, I think genuinely um, being a good person, being a man of faith, um, representing those, and then, you know, from a business perspective, helping my team and helping others. Mm -hmm. How do you think social media has changed the way recruiting works? Um, well, it's, I think it's dramatically different. Um, you know, the days of, you know, shipping off a VHS or a <laughs> whatever to someone is, you know, kind of non-existent. Yeah. Um, uh, it's flooded the coaches. It's inundated them to where it's almost a tidal wave of content that's coming to them. Um, so I think it's dramatic. Twitter's become like a recruiting platform in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. Um, there are people that are trying to change that to build kind of like LinkedIn or Twitter for recruiting. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how those kind of those things evolve. Yeah. But I think it's it's certainly the number one platform for recruiting right now. We use um, we advise our kids um, even early, like, you know, ninth grade, like you need to have a Twitter account. Like it's just important because it's a really, I mean, I'll give you a stat that I think is uh, pretty um, amazing. Um, a recent study said that only 3% of college coaches don't have a Twitter handle. 3%? 3%. So uh, college I mean, football coaches? Just all coaches in general. Oh. 3% don't have a, Dang. don't. So it's like, you know, it's a necessary evil right now. Now, yeah. some coaches don't really manage it themselves they've sure. got a ga or a secretary that manages it but they right. all have an account for sure wow how do i protect myself from quote-unquote fraudulent companies and or agents that are like wolves well i think you've got to do your research right mm -hmm. so i mean you've got to just like anything whether it be you know put carpet in your house or refinancing your house yeah. or whatever it may be, you got to do your research. So I think, you know, um, what we've tried to do is publish written statements from parents because I think they're going to be honest with you. And I always tell people that call me, like, if you're not comfortable with what I'm saying to you, which some of them don't know me from anything, mm -hmm. I'm happy to give you uh, client references. Mm. So I think that, um, that's a big piece of it. Um, and people that hound you, I mean, I know how some of these recruiting and agents work and they're calling me all the time about my kids and it feels very disingenuous. So we've really tried not to do that. It's a difficult cause you want to sell and you want to sell your products, but at the same time, like if it's good and it stands on its own merit, then people will come to you mm -hmm. and you just got to, put your faith in God that it's going to work itself out. So, yeah. but I think that, you know, other parent recommendations, um, and look at the kinds of kids that are attracted to it. That will also tell you something as well. Yeah. Uh, and you also have to place value though, in what you're doing uh -huh. and not be able to lower your standards. Either. Sure. It's like, this is what we're doing. This is how it works. If you, if this is one thing, when people call me, I always say, this is what we do provide. This is what we don't provide. Mm. If you want this, 
then we're probably not a fit for you. Yeah. And I will recommend somebody. And I've had people that have called me. I had a guy, I won't get into all the details, but it was heavily on, we want someone who's just going to market, market, and, expo- and do exposure. And it's like, yeah. well, that's only a part of the puzzle. Like there's so many, so many other things that go into this. So I'd be a little careful with that. But, mm-hmm. you know, some people don't want to hear that. Yeah, uh, that's true. Another question is, ask him if he has any kids and if he does how old are they range and then if they're into sports how do you separate your knowledge with your profession your passion versus your own kids yeah so two daughters uh uh, 17 and 12 okay and um my uh, uh my oldest uh played some competitive tennis um she's we're, we're, we're pivot, we've pivoted this year to kind of drama and performing arts, which is awesome. Love it. And my youngest has not really been it. I mean, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of stuff, but nothing yeah. like kind of sincere. So for me, that was pretty easy. Um, you know, with our oldest, um, listen, if it's important to her, then I'm going to make it important to me. If it's not important to her or if there's a different priority, then we're going to follow that. We're going to yeah. let her lead that engagement. So yeah. um, we're going to give her all the opportunities to kind of figure that out. And that's kind of the way we've approached it. But, um, and I'm not going to say I was perfect through all that, but um, for the most part, we've tried to be really conscious to say, um, you know, do you want to, you know, do you want to, is this something you want to do? If you want to do it, then we'll do instructions. We'll do private workouts. We'll get you a different, you know, we'll get you a coach. We'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll help the booster club, whatever it is, right. If it's important to her, that's the way we try to do it. Yeah. But don't force anything. Yeah. Um, you know, it's gotta be important to them. Um, and the reality is that about 7% of kids are going to go play sports in college. That's it. Yeah. So that's get, get what you need to be getting out of youth sports is teamwork, perseverance, toughness, um, the, uh, hard work, like this life skills, that's what sports develops. That's the way I would be thinking about Mm -hmm. youth sports and high school sports because so many, so few of them are actually going to go on. Um, and even out of those, some of those kids, you know, they may go to college for a year or two and they're like, "Mm, I'm not about that life. Like that's, that's a grind. Yeah. So I just be really, you know, pragmatic about it. But don't try to live vicariously through your kids. Number yeah. one, that's not cool. Yeah. And number two, it's really not right. Like yeah. it's got to be their deal. Yeah. I think that's that's solid because I feel like there's quite a few parents that do live vicariously through their son or their daughter playing their sport, mm-hmm. and it's I've got to get to D one or D two or else I haven't made it. I'm not going to make it. And I think you hit it on the head about teamwork, perseverance. Yeah, I mean, there's only a, fr- I mean, it's one or two percent of kids are going to go play at the Division One level in any yeah. sport. Yeah. So, I mean, the reality is, you know, make sure they're happy, they're well balanced. Yeah. They've got life skills that are going to carry them. Sure. Maybe, may, can they speak? Can they hold a conversation? Can they say yes sir, no sir? Mm-hmm. You know, can they handle themselves at a kitchen table? You know, I'm like, that's what it's about as a yeah. parent. And then, yeah, if they happen to be blessed to be a great track athlete or volleyball or whatever it is that's just icing on the cake because that at some point that expires we all we all grow old and gray-headed and everything else so you got to think about you know 
that transition from high school to college, it's not really about the next four years. It's about the next 40 years. Mm. What, 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 and are you preparing them so that they can have an impactful 40 years? That's the way I would think about it. That's awesome. That's great. So I'm just going to ask a personal question. Have you ever thought about writing a book about this whole, your process, your life? transformation uh my wife's gonna kill me i I have thought a little bit about writing maybe not about my life and all that stuff that's i'm not thinking about that but i do think i this is a passion for Mm -hmm. me talking about recruiting and nil so we may get to a point where we wrap it all up and put it into a book um but i haven't done that yet so it's i thought about it but i have not acted on it yeah well, part of your life is about it because you yeah. you went to recruiting, understood it, successful TCU, Southern Nazarene, yeah. minor league baseball. I mean that, and then you're brilliant data analytics. So I don't know, brilliant's the right word, <laughs> but I understand it, and I understand enough tech and social media and media and all, certainly sports. And you put it all together, it's kind of a recipe that not everybody. It's kind of a unique skill set. So I, yeah. I guess I'd look at it that way. I don't know if it. I don't know if it, Certainly not. I'm certainly not getting a Nobel Peace Prize or any kind of <laughs> big global award. But in a, in the niche that I like to play in, I like to think I do a pretty decent job. Yeah. My friend Colt asked, "How does the guy sleep? Do you sleep? How often?" How uh, yeah. No. I'm I'm a I'm a pretty pretty much a creature of habit. Um, I tell my kids <laughs> I turn into a pumpkin about ten thirty. Um, between ten thirty and eleven. Yeah. It's night night time for Brian. Yeah. And then I'm up about I'm usually up between six and six thirty. Yeah. Yeah. And I get a run in and you know, I got five miles in this morning. So I mean I'm I'll get a run in and get the day started. I mean, it's a little different now because kids are out of school, so they're sleeping, but if they were in school, I'm trying to shuttle the little one to school and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah it makes for it makes for busy days, that's for sure. Uh, it's a little busier now just because we're in the process as we launch and you sure. get things out of the out of the ground, uh, and, but it's it we've got it to a pretty manageable spot for sure. Yeah, so it's fun. Yeah, if it's fun, if it's if it's enjoyable, you figure out a way to kind of manage it. True, I think. that's true. I'm going to ask you uh, for my own knowledge advice is how I'm approaching you. It's like, man, hey Brian, I, I want to go and play collegiate ball somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I've got this Twitter account or this Instagram account. Do you have any ideas on how I should run my social media? Yeah, I mean, social media can be a dark place some days, and some days it's a bright, shining star. I mean, the first thing I would tell people is, um, you know, be true to who you are. Don't be fake. Um, A lot of what you see on social media is not real life. You know, it's only the good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody puts the day they stub their toe. Yeah. You know, they don't put that on, you know, the gram, right? So I think <laughs> that, uh, or they shouldn't. Uh, but but you, my point is that, you know, don't believe everything you see. Um, number one, be true to who you are. Um, number three, have an open dialogue with your parents. You should have an open, I mean, a lot of, uh, we tell kids, have a shared email account so mm. that you can set up, you know, social profiles that your parents can see. Or if not, you need to have an open door policy so that your parents can always look at your social media because you're conducting the private messages with adults and you may not be prepared to have those conversations. Then the last thing I'd say is really stay away from kind of the 
hot woke topics i just mm. stay away from them sure. honestly just don't even engage um there are you know right now there's just a lot of different topics on all sorts of the political spectrum right now yeah. i think you're better off just staying away from them you can have an opinion i'm not saying don't have an opinion but it probably doesn't benefit you in the case of recruiting mm. to go really into you know advocating that and the same thing that i just said for a recruit i would tell the parents the same thing even times 10 you know don't gripe about officials be mm. smart with how you praise your child don't be over the top with your gushing your kid's not perfect you know don't gripe about the media for not covering them just so because everybody's watching all of that stuff like, yeah my kid's getting slept on no it doesn't happen anymore everyone knows all these kids right it's, it's so I would just, you know, just you just have to be really smart and careful. And, and but if you do it the right way, it can become a really useful business tool. Yeah. So I always try to get people to think about it differently, sure. which is use it for empowerment. Right. This comes back to the fundamentals of why we created Recruit Route and yeah. Elite is around education and then empowerment. In the case of social media, if you're empowered to do it right, just like a phone call and a text and so forth, mm -hmm. a tweet or a post on your story on Instagram, those can be powerful, but you got to be smart with it. Man, I could see where, to your point, a great point, it could be used as a great business tool to drive revenue, to drive your brand. I could also see it where the opposite could be very well true, where parents are so competitive and these kids become so competitive with the new Yep. Right. And I L it's like, man, it could become where it's like, that's all I'm focused on is trying to earn that dollar instead of being with my team. Yeah. But again, the focus should be keep the priority, the priority, right? Team development, academics, character, faith. Yeah. Focus on that. This stuff will take care of itself if you do this really well. Yeah. So that's why they need to get in touch with you. Well, sometimes <laughs> it's just, they need another voice telling them what their sure. parents or coaches are saying. A lot of times I'll have a mom or dad say, I think you're probably going to say this to little Johnny. And I'm like, yeah, go, okay, good. That's why we got you. Yeah. Because you're just reinforcing it. And mm -hmm. because we've basically outsourced that piece of it to you. Yeah. They trust you. It's so interesting how that happens. Yeah. Right. It's crazy sometimes. It happens to me when I'm a coach. Yeah. All the time. Yep. Like you can tell your kids something over and over and over. And then the youth pastor tells them the same thing. Sure. It's like, man, that was such a great service, mom, dad. I'm like, we told you that. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, right? So it's like, yeah, so it happens all the time. That's just how oh, the world works. Man. That's how kids work. Man. What's the next five years in your mind look like to you as far as personal and recruit rap? Well, I mean, our kids are going to be entering some interesting stages in our lives. Um, you know, I'll have a daughter that'll be graduating and then going to college. And then I'll have another daughter that's going to high school, yeah. middle school and high school. And so those are just exciting life moments. Lots of big celebrations and ebbs and flows that go with that critical juncture of them becoming young women. Mm -hmm. um, so that's certainly exciting. There'll probably be a few tears shed for my wife and I through all of that. Um, but it's exciting just to pour into them and be intentional about being parents with them. And, yeah. um, so that certainly is awesome and like yeah. a huge priority, um, and just building them up in their faith and God. And, um, you know, personally, I mean, I, I mean, we're just continuing trying to just better ourselves, my wife and I, and I'm married an awesome woman that 
challenges me every day. Um, yeah. gets, we probably both have a wife who collectively kicks her. So kicks <laughs> us in the butt and we need that. And then I think from a business perspective, I mean, you know, we want to reach thousands of kids, right? right? Thousands and thousands of kids. And so recruit route is designed to hit a lot, a lot of kids in lots of different places all over the world and country. And then, you know, but not lose sight of kind of how we were started, which was, you know, working in a high touch manner with, with families and being able to balance that. And so if we can get this in a spot where we've, we've done that, then, um, you know, that's exciting. That becomes a really interesting business model that, um, you know, that, that we can make some interesting decisions off of. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how this kind of plays out. We're at year five of our business. I wanted to get this to a point where it was like a self-sustaining kind of income replacement kind of business in nice. 10 years. So in five years, we would be at that spot. So we'll see if we can go awesome. make it happen in the next five years. We'll see. We got a long ways to go to do that, but we're putting the pieces together to try to get there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was, we wanted to kind of just let the, when we started this five years ago, we didn't really know what we wanted to do when we grew up. I didn't. And so I didn't have a business plan or anything. Now we're starting to get to where it's like, okay, I've gotten, sure. I've kind of gotten smarter about what, do, what do I really want to do? What are my passions? Yeah. How do we want to build it? How do we create it into more of a, as a service business? And so, um, part of that is I just, I, it was an opportunity for me to learn on the job as an entrepreneur as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a cool way to do it. So for me, at least it worked. So yeah. interesting to see. So yes. Halfway to where we want to try to get. That's going to be awesome, man. You're talking about reaching thousands of kids as a business model. I look at it not only as a business model, but it's a it's a life model, too. Yeah, I hope so. With what your, with your words so. and your mindset. Yeah. That's undefeated right there. Yeah, well, we're trying. Um, the hard part is how do you how do you take that kind of undefeated mentality, right, That that and digitally deliver that? Mm. That's hard. So, um, that's the trick that we're trying to work through right now, because when I meet with a kid, like my passion and all that stuff kind of can come out. Yeah. How do I do that through in a digital delivery? So Mm. we're working on that. So I'll report back. We need to do another podcast and we'll talk about how that, what that evolution looks like. So that's the tricky part now is how do we do that in a way that we can reach a lot of people, but still be intentional about the message that we're trying to to deliver. Mm testimonials from some of your student athletes. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yep. Yep. And we've got some of and that. you have some of that yep. on your website. Yeah, we've got some of that. We yeah. just got to do more of that for sure. Yeah. Yep. That'd be great, man. Well, dude, I am, I'm proud of you. I'm excited to be here listening to the story, these stories and your growth has been phenomenal just even over the last two years. Yeah. It's been fun, man. I mean, good kids attract and good parents attract other good kids and other parents. Yeah. And so if we can capitalize on that and now take it to the next level and reach a whole new set of kids all over the country, that's exciting. So, yeah, we're uh, we're thrilled with where Recruit Route and Recruit Route Elite are going. And um, it'll be fun, man. It's uh, sometimes the market kind of comes to you a little bit this time. I think we're kind of meeting it in the middle. So that's kind of a cool thing. So we're we're trying to capitalize on it for sure. Yeah. One thing I'll add before we roll out. Great leaders, great businessmen, great Thinkers attract the great kids and the great parents. So well done for you, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate your time, man. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. All right. Appreciate it.